You're listening to Radio MD. She's a chiropractic physician, lecturer, author, entrepreneur, and talk show host. She's Dr. Suzanne Bennett. It's time now for Wellness for Life Radio. Here's Dr. Suzanne. At the moment, our planet's been fighting the COVID-19 pandemic, but people don't realize that we've been battling another pandemic for a number of years, and that's lack of exercise and sedentary behavior. Is sitting the new smoking? V. Pearlstein, a medical doctor who's a pioneer in the area of holistic wellness and pain management, as well as the best-selling author of You're Not What You Eat and the One Minute Stretch Book. Let's find out the real truth about sitting and its effects on our health. Welcome, Dr. V. Thanks so much for being on our show. Hi, Suzanne. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. You too. You too. Well, gosh, is sitting really bad for you? Tell us the, the real truth. Well, you mentioned pandemic. So everybody knows the word pandemic now. I don't think we've heard it in the media until the COVID-19 coronavirus. However, prior to the virus, we have pandemics, meaning global epidemics in obesity, adults and kids, low back pain, heart disease, hypertension, diabetes, many cancers, depression, and many other bone and joint ailments that come on with aging. These are pandemic diseases, which are all connected to sitting or sedentary, our sedentary, ubiquitous human sedentary lifestyle, and what's called sedentary disease. So sitting is costing us health-wise literally hundreds of billions of dollars. I mean, the cost for low back pain alone, not that it's all related to sitting, but a lot is low back pain alone is roughly $100 billion. Obesity is costing again, roughly $100 billion. So when you add it all up, it's huge. And the dying, it's probably, it's not, I don't think it's said anywhere. They talk about sitting being the fourth killer. But I believe when you look at all the disease collectively, that it's probably the number one killer, the number one cause of pain and suffering, and the number one healthcare cost. That makes sense. I mean, you know, when you look at in America, the number one disease, at least when you look at the type of condition, uh, specifically is heart disease. And boy, the sedentary is a huge, huge, I mean, the rate of it going up high is so much higher if you have a sedentary lifestyle. Right. And, you know, when people smoke, drink to excess, drugs, etc., they know they're risking their health. And we have organizations out there and, and companies doing something about these things. But we're sitting all day. We're, a typical person definitely sits seven hours or more. Many people, 12 to 16 hours a day, and we're sleeping, not moving at night. And you use multiple types of chairs in a day. You're sitting to eat. You're sitting to work. You're sitting to watch TV, to lounge, to drive. And, on an, and then, you know, different office. You know, you're at home in an office, at work in an office all kinds of uh, different chairs that we have and we don't give the second thought. Now, there are three things you could do. One is eliminate chairs. It's not going to happen. Two is sit a certain amount of time and get up and exercise. Well, we're doing function, certain functions in these chairs. It's not something we generally want to get up from, whether it's our work, our eating. The third option is to build your gym into your chair. 
That's right. I saw one of your inventions. It's it's a great idea. I mean, I was looking at it uh, because I was checking out your website as I was getting some um, information so I can introduce you and get more, learn more about who you are before our interview. And you've got this easy uh, foldable, looks like a foldable chair, right? Almost like a lawn chair, you know, one of those lawn chairs. But you have all these. It looks like a lawn chair, but it's not. It's it can be in the office, in the home, uh, for the pool or beach, for the yard. It's it's for most of the situations we use chairs for. Um, we're going to be able to make different versions: a sleek office version, a hot inpatient, outpatient, a smart chair for for medical use, medical rehab, et cetera. It's, I mean, kids in school are sitting at desks and chairs all day long. They could use an exercise chair. So it's really a fitness furniture product, so to speak. And, you know, if I show somebody, they'll say, well, it doesn't look like an office chair. But that's because they're thinking of sitting at a desk with a chair that they typically use. If we build a, a mm. flip-top desktop into this chair, you don't need your desk. It's, your ch- it's, a new, it's a totally new technology. There's thousands of years sitting in chairs. This is like going forced to the car. It's a, trans- it's a huge transition. I'm someone that, uh, you know, stands majority of the time when I'm working, talking to my patients on the phone. And I, when I'm, if I'm working even on my computer, I like to do it at a stand-up desk. Well, I think that's been well, a, a huge added plus for a lot of people. Well, you, don't, you haven't read the studies then. I think out of McGill, definitely out of Canada, even read the studies. The studies let's, show. Let's talk about that. So, so studies out of Canada, I think it was probably McGill, but I, I'm not sure showed that the key is not sitting or standing it's motion what's lacking when we're sitting is motion and so if you just stand what they showed is if you divide up eight hours of sitting with standing what happens is your rate of heart disease heart attack uh, leg pain and swelling and thrombosis goes up with the standing it's about moving you need to either move in your chair or get up and move, walk around, stretch. Any movement is better than sitting, but standing alone is not productive. It's actually a negative. Uh, that, that's interesting because just when I do stand, I'm actually swaying and I'm lifting my legs. I'm doing little squats, you know, movement, stretching. So you're, you're absolutely right. At least for my body instinctively, that's what I want to do when I'm standing. That's great to know. You know, I take a look at that uh, study. So what are some of the tips that we can do? Um, if we don't have your exercise um, chair, what can we do to get ourselves out of the chair? Well, you know, let's back up and make sense of what would, what would be important. Because people do, you know, they'll go to programs, Tai Chi, yoga, Zumba, Pilates, why do they go? Because that's what they know. That's in the media. That's what everybody's doing. But if you sit back and think, I mean, none of these are developed by a doctor. Not one is medically essential. They're all better than being sedentary and sitting around. But what would you want to do? So let's, let's make sense of it. If you want to preserve your life, you're talking about the engine of the body, which is the system, cardiovascular pulmonary system, your heart, your lungs, your blood vessels. So if you want to challenge your heart, lungs, and blood vessels, that exercise is called cardiopulmonary vascular or aerobic exercise. You're getting the oxygen going. 
You're going to strengthen the heart muscle wall and the uh, vascular uh, walls, and that's life-preserving. So that would be the number one choice. So if you have a jump rope or just jumping jacks or running in place, you don't need a treadmill to run in place. You know, people going to buy treadmills, just run in place. Um, go take a walk outside, walk around your building, walk around the block. Uh, bicycling, all of these are aerobic. So that's the number one exercise you want to do, life-preserving. What would be number two? So most people, they're going to a gym. They want to see their six-pack abs or as close as they can get. They want to look at their biceps muscle in the mirror. They want to look in the mirror and see muscles. But that is not number two. Number two is fully moving your muscles and joints. And this is something I realized a number of years back that very few people have any concept of. In fact, I spoke with many yoga and police people, and I asked them, could you demonstrate full range of motion in your neck, your shoulder, your low back, your hip? They can't. They're not getting wisdom. They're getting a program that is getting them active, but not giving them wisdom that they need. So uh, I actually package. So sit fit chair is a device, the chair, that's uh, a gym and a chair. Uh, the... The one-minute stretch, what I packaged is a head-to-toe routine, a course that teaches neck, shoulders, elbows, wrists, hands, low back, hips, knees, ankles, feet, full range of motion. And once you get it, once you've learned it, I get demonstrated in a minute. And, uh, you know, friends have joked with me, seven hours of yoga in one minute. Um, but it's powerful. So, really, it's not about just motion because... If you look at people 60, 78, and you see their necks bent forward, and they can't straighten up, and their low back's bent forward, and the hip doesn't move fully, and maybe somebody's talking hip replacement, and the shoulder has issues, a lot of this is happening. Why? Because when we're very young, we're mostly on a cellular and organic level water content. As we age, we're losing water content. When we're young, the tissues are fluid. As we get older, it becomes stiff and taut. When we're young, we're active. When we're older, we're sedentary. So what is happening over 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years? The muscles and ligaments which control motion have shortened, stiff, and tightened to the point of maximum motion. Very few people are moving any of their major muscle joint groups through full range of motion daily, and they've lost motion. Sometimes they can even calcify, and they get stuck down. So most of the problems with muscle and joint pain, low back, neck, shoulder, knee, et cetera, are related to simply the aging process. Yeah, there may be an injury. Yeah, you get all the MRI and told you have this, that, and that. Those things are often normal for the age of the patient. What's not normal is your particular situation and your own behavior and lack of motion and where your muscle and ligaments now are stiff, tight, and painful. And what do you need? You're going to need now what you haven't been doing, a program of regular full range of motion exercise I, I don't know that there's one packaged except for what I have, and I really haven't marketed yet. So the neck has six ranges of motion. You can move forward all the way, and then you can take your hand and put it behind your head and get an extra 10 to 15% of motion forward by just gently pushing. And you can move your head all the way back after, and then put your hand on, palm on your forehead, and gently push back all the way. Again, getting more motion, and you can put your 
arm over your head and tilt your head. If you put your right arm over your head at the left temple and pull gently to the right all the way and do the same thing with your left hand over your head, pulling to the left all the way, all the way. And then you're going to rotate to the right all the way and put your right palm on your left temple and pull it all the way as far as it goes and do the same thing to the left. That's six ranges of motion of the neck. The seventh is kind of a, the neutral position. And you have the same thing with the low back. When we're head, going from head to toe and moving through four range of motion, what are we doing? We are muscle and joint health. We're helping form new synovial joint fluids by moving through full motion. There are tension, stress energies absorbed in the joint. And there's gas in the joints. And by moving fully, you're going to hear all kinds of like uh, when they go to the chiropractor and they say, you know, the snap, crackle, pop. That's what you're going to find when you move the four in your motion. You don't need to go to anybody to do it. You can do it yourself. And it releases a lot of tension. So maintenance, prevention. Also, by doing this on a regular basis from head to toe, you're going to detect if there's an issue when it happens. You're not going to be one or two months later finding out you have a frozen shoulder um, or adhesive capsulitis, it's called, of the shoulder, which many people run into. They don't even know until they go to reach up for something that they don't normally do. And, um, and the other thing is in recovery. When you do have a problem, an injury or surgery, how do you recover? You need motion. So when people get treatment for problems, they're getting hot packs, ice packs, ultrasound electric stimulation. These are lie-down treatments. They may feel good, but they don't heal anything. The healing comes with motion. You got to get motion going safely, carefully, but as soon as possible. Love everything what you're saying. So you, you highly recommend aerobic for our cardiovascular system, making sure that you do exercise. You can do this all in the comforts of your own home, jump roping, running in place, biking. And then the another uh, life-preserving uh, uh, activity that you recommend is full range of motion in your muscles, tendons, and joints. Is there anything else that you recommend for us? Well, the third component would be strengthening, but very often people put that first. You know, that's in the gym making the muscles. That is not necessary. It's helpful, but that is the third component. Strengthening means you've got to have resistance. Uh, we have it built into the sit-fit chair. You've got it in the gyms. You could be using the machines, Nautilus-type machines. You could be using uh, free weights. Really, the bungees really doesn't matter. But prior to the strengthening, I would focus on life-preserving the aerobic activity. And then, the, then not life-preserving for the muscles and joints, but muscle and joint preserving. Because you're talking about big issues, uh, with the joints, the pains, the arthritis, the limited function that happen with aging if we're not moving fully on a regular basis. Mm. I, I am a big believer in strength training because as we age, there is a condition called sarcopenia and sedentary lifestyle, of course, lack of strength training, you lose your muscle mass, including also bone mass. People don't realize if you don't also do strength training at times, that really reduces bone mass. And, and we know that as we age, uh, you know, fractures of the hips and spine is definitely uh, more prevalent. Yeah, no question. I mean, the strengthening uh, is important, but I consider it of tertiary importance in the three categories of exercise. 
Great. You know, you talk a little bit, you know, I, I just want to, I know that looking over your website and all, uh, you go into the physical pain. Is that where you started your practices working with uh, pain management? Well, that's a fascinating topic. Uh, my introduction to pain was, I believe, in the womb, my mother's womb. Uh, she was a Holocaust survivor at the age of 14, experienced hell. And, uh, and I think that was passed on to me and my mission unbeknownst to me was to solve what she went through and what she experienced that what now I shared with her and getting into medicine was kind of a default. Uh, but I ended up there and ended up in orthopedics for a variety of reasons. And ultimately uh, ran into, you know, how do you solve pain? How do you prevent pain? Whether it's one person to another abuse, uh, whether it's a group of people to another, whether it's pain that we experience medically. Um, one of the most profound findings that I experienced was as an orthopedic surgeon, trained purely to deal with the physical. We really don't deal with the non-physical in medicine or orthopedics. We deal with the physical. And I consider the brain to be physical and brain function is a physical function, no different from kidney function. For me, it's soul and body. Uh, the soul, well, well, I'll give you a concept that I find very useful. Um, there's an analogy to the soul, mind, heart and body. And I like the, the, the analogy of the carriage that has a driver and a horse. The driver is the brain, the horse is the heart, and the carriage is the rest of the body, you know, in this model. So ultimately what we're talking about is the passenger is the one controlling the trip, the journey of life. That's the soul. That's who we all are is a soul entity. We're not body. The body is external to who we are. We are traveling in this body, and it's analogous to the driver of the carriage, who's the brain, who he's the one that is going to carry out the soul or passenger's mission. The horse, the heart, uh, is driven by certain other desires. He wants to satisfy certain very often bodily pleasures, like uh, get some water and oats or might want to go off in a given direction. The brain has to control. And then the carriage is simply the rest of the body that's going along and has other functions. It's a good analogy. Um, now, one of the key things that I found with pain is orthopedically, you're trained simply to deal with physical pain. However, I found Number one, when you get an MRI, it's going to show you disc herniation, rotator cuff, torn meniscus. These are often normal findings for the age of the patient, yet they're recommending all kinds of treatments and surgeries on many people. And the people think when they have pain that the MRI is a god and is telling them what the problem is. But very often, it's just an incidental finding. And the number one cause of the pains that people are getting surgeries for and are being treated for are the pain that we talked about, the, the pain of aging related to the w loss of water content, tissues getting stiff and tight. And 
becoming sedentary and muscles and ligaments short and stiffening, tightening. And at 40, 50, 60 years, suddenly there's pain and stiffness, plus or minus a history of one or several injuries. But that is very often the process. But the fascinating thing is what's the number two cause that I found? I found that the number two cause of pain is non-physical pain. You know, we have stress energies in life. We absorb stress energies from our phone. You have cell phone, texting, email, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn. You're getting all these energies 24, 7, 365 very often. They're coming into you. You're dr- when you drive your car, the energies that you're dealing with, when you're dealing in relationships, when you're dealing with abuses, when you're dealing with work, when you're dealing with kids, when you're dealing with IRS and finances, when you're dealing with politics, when you're dealing with TV and news, all these things are stress energies coming at you. Where do they go? They go like a rubber band absorbs energy. You let go and it flies. They go to our rubber band-like structures. That's where absorption happens. Those are the muscles and ligaments. Guess what? Heart disease. The heart, one big muscle. Stomach, all the gastroenterologists going into the stomach with scopes. It's one big muscle. And then the muscles and ligaments, the low back, the knee, the shoulder, the neck. And these are where a lot of the pains are. And when you have divorce or marriage or a car problem or a child born with challenges and problems or a parent dying or you're sick with cancer or whatever it is or a whole collection of problems in your life, these stress energies translate to pains. They're not going to show on an MRI. So you have people with pains that are age-related and pains that are non-physical pain-related not showing an MRI, going to get MRIs, and they're showing disc herniation, rotator cuff torn. These people need facilitation and help to heal and be whole. They need their life addressed. They need to look at their relationships, their social, their uh, financial, their lifestyle, their issues, their range of emotion, their exercise program, their eating habits, whether they smoke, drink, drug, all these things. But these things are very often ignored. You go right just to x-rays and MRI. I mean, an amazing thing I've heard many times. The patient says, hey, doctor, you're the first one to touch me. Mm. You know, very often we're relying on x-rays and MRI. That is not the person. That is not the person. You need a good history and physical. You need a doctor that knows who you are and what's going on in your life. And very often patients don't realize that. That to understand what's really it's just low back pain. Low back pain can be called divorce by a parent that had back and you have a relationship with the parent you had. There's so many things that can cause these pains beyond simply looking at an MRI. There is no MRI God, and I believe there's a lot of unnecessary surgery going on based on MRIs. Wow, Dr. Svee, that is, you're really looking and taking into consideration that everything is related to our physical body, that it's not compartmentalized, as you are saying, that I think a lot of, of not just the listeners, but doctors should be listening to this, this um, show because the doctors, you know, we really do need to look at many different layers of the person. It's not just the physicality. It's not just the disease process itself. That pain, as you call it, the pain and the stress energies have a huge impact on our body and the the health of our our body, even from the time that you're born, as you mentioned, it started when you were in the womb, but going all throughout our lives. Thank you, Dr. Svi. We got to get going.
the website Dr. V, and that's drzvi.com. You can find all that goody information about his books, about his inventions. Thank you so much. That was great. I know that you've learned so much on this show. Definitely share this show with your loved ones. It can change their life for the better. And please subscribe if you haven't already so we can continue to do our very best here. If you need help in digging deeper with your health issues, I work with people globally throughout through phone and Skype consultation. My contact info is available on my website, drsuzanne.com. Until next time, go out there and live your best life today, full of energy, enthusiasm, and ultimate health and wellness. This is Dr. Suzanne sharing natural strategies on the Wellness for Life show right here on Radio MD. Stay well.